Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Welcome to another edition of Emil Francis' Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. That's me. And in Los Angeles, our good friend Todd Roberts. Hi, Todd. Gentlemen, how are you? We be fine, man. It's the uh, bueno, amigo. Yeah, what? Uh, 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 Sweltering. Yeah, you know, th- th- this is the what Arizonans call monsoon. And thank you. And uh, my, my, you know, they don't. They don't <laughs> The way Arizonans, Arizonans don't I'm know. Arizonans don't know what the hell a monsoon is. Um, but I'm going to tell you, we had some pretty heavy rain uh, going here uh, about an hour ago, and uh, we had we had ourselves quite the flash flood down yeah, here, didn't yeah. we? I ran the I ran the uh, White Stallion Rapids to get here. That's right. We took the equipment uh, cart and uh, and ran the rapids. Just, while we were while we were just introducing the show, the young lady that works here at the White Stallion and takes care of the guests and everything, she and she takes very good care of us. She brought us refreshments, she, but she gave me two shots of Jack Daniels and gave Harry the old duels. No, no, and no. I, I thought Harry was going to jump out of his seat. Yeah, I almost fell out again. Yeah. But anyway, here we are. Uh, it's another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, and we are doing Movie Saturday because it is the end of the month. We are yes. streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch, beautiful place located just north of uh, Tucson. And I'm in head of the Southwest. There right you out go. The here. And before we get into LQ, which is LQ Jones, which is going to be our topic. We're doing LQ Jones. Uh, yeah, you're not even prepared for that. No, I thought we were doing Justice Alice McQueen. That too. We'll do him afterwards. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That is uh, it, that is LQ. How about that? Oh, How about dang. that stuff, it man? Is, it My is. goodness, it's amazing the things that turn up in the driveway. You know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I want to share something with everybody because this is an event that it is it is super duper spectacular Western cowboy Indian, very Indian. Uh, it started in 1922. This is the 100th year of the Gallup's intertribal ceremonial. Uh, it's celebrating 100 years from August 4th to the 14th. Uh, they want you to come on over and join the centennial celebration for the Gallup intertribal ceremonial. Now, you want to visit Gallup from April 4th through the 14th to experience the 100th anniversary of this diverse Native American and Indigenous Cultural Celebration. The 11-day celebration kicks off on Monday, August 4th, with one-of-a-kind ceremonial night parade, followed by tribal possessions, one-world beat, dance production at Red Rock Park, powwows, a juried art show, film festival, the ceremonial queen pageant, Navajo song and dance, Saturday morning parade along with eight days of thrilling rodeos. And for information and tickets, gallopceremonial.com. And the number over there is 505-905-1640 or 505-863-3996. And I went over there... Oh, between was in the fifth, between the fifth and sixth grade, uh, on my birthday to the uh-huh. rodeo. So I was a little squirt, 
And I'll tell you, it was spectacular. And those Indian cowboys, man, they can kick and spur. They, they know what they're doing. Oh, man, they're good. Boy, it, you talk about tough. Yeah. I'm talking tough, tough. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they're so tough that when you say tough in reference to them, it hurts your tongue. There you go. <laughs> uh, they and, and let me just say, there are two powwows you shouldn't miss in your life if you have an inkling to go. This is one of them. Uh, the other is uh, the Red Earth Festival in Oklahoma City. Um, these are the two places where you'll have the largest representation of different tribes uh, and the largest representation of artists and uh, and dancers and everything else. But it's also where you will definitely, uh, the two times in your life, you'll not have to wait in line for fried bread because they have a lot of people making it. Oh, All right. So fried bread, yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Indian tacos, yes. Yeah, we're yeah. Which is probably... I just now made a gravest, grievous, grievous mistake because for me to say that on the air, that means Nola heard it. And you have and, to go get um, some now. Well, she's she, I'll, she'll be coming into the living room here any second <laughs> with, with a Indian with a with a with a with a with a tooth toothbrush in her pocket uh-huh. going uh we're leaving as soon as the show's over yeah, for, uh, <laughs> to go find fry bread oh yes yeah. she'll want to yeah. go to gallup yeah well, okay. and, and, well and if you're there you got to go to the el rancho yeah you, you oh, got to yeah. go to the el rancho hotel that uh, was headquarters stay in, stay for in the, the john wayne room or the or the ronald reagan room or the Stuart granger room or the uh, uh, the Bunker uh, de France Joel room, McCray room, <laughs> or the or the uh, Randolph Scott room. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, you know, this is great. We that was headquarters for the Hallelujah Trail when they shot over there, and at night everybody would gather in the bar. And one of the stud guys, Chuck Bale, he talked one of the extras into riding a horse guy into the bar one night. <laughs> that was that was a wonderful location. <laughs> Yeah, when cowboys get together. Hey, here's another event that uh, you should not miss. I don't think you should anyway. Uh, There's sunset tours uh, and historical tours over the Mescal movie set. Um, There is one scheduled for tonight, 6.30 and 7 uh, o'clock, July 30. Uh, You can also go August 13 and August 27 at uh, 6 and 6.30 and then 5.30 and 6. Mescalmovieset.com is the place to... Learn more, mescalmovieset.com, and uh, enjoy a historical tour and a spectacular sunset. And you know what? That's uh, also the Happy Valley area, which uh, the Vales owned at one time, part of the Empire Empire. Yep. Uh, that is a beautiful area. It's a lovely drive out here. And it's great folks out there. And they're doing great guns out there. They've got plans for that place, and now that uh, Arizona has decided that they'll uh, put some money into some movies here, uh, some incentives, by golly, I'm hoping that uh, Hollywood will come back. Let's hope. All right. It's Movie Saturday. Our, our topic is L.Q. Jones. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. You know. What a guy. You, you see him in almost every television show as a sidekick type of guy. You see him in a lot of movies as a sidekick kind of guy. I remember the first time seeing him at any great length was watching the early episodes of Cheyenne, 
and yes. he was Clint Walker's assistant when Clint was doing surveys and mapping. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was the character's name was Smitty, if I remember. I believe right. so. I believe so. And Smitty Smith. Yeah, yeah, and I can't remember how many episodes he, he was three. with. Uh, with him, three episodes. He did three episodes, and then and then Warner Brothers and their astute wisdom decided that Cheyenne didn't need a sidekick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, big mistake. I mean, that was one of those episodes was uh, uh, one of them was a great episode with Robert Wilkie as the bad guy. Yeah, oh, what a great yeah. bad guy! But yeah, anyway, Bunker, you worked with uh, Mr. Jones uh, yes, on I occasion, did. so uh, I, tell, uh, tell us about the guy. I doubled him on White Line Fever. We did a fight up up at the top of the warehouse, and then uh, I'm, I'm doubling him, and the other stunt guy is doubling. Uh, the hero, and the hero, of course, is beating the crap out of me. So I decide to escape by doing hand over hand across the beam at the top of the, of the uh, warehouse. Uh-huh. And I'm about halfway between between you know one set of crates and the others. But we're about 40, 45 feet up in the air, and uh, I get. Tackled in midair, and then we drop down yeah. into some boxes, and I run out. Yeah. But uh, and this is the great thing; it's all over. And the director says, "You know, we uh, LQ, we need to see you up there. We need to see your face. You know, so you know, tie it in." And he goes, well, "Well, you got the shot." He said, "No, we do." He said, "Well, we do." He said, "No, we need you in the space. We want to see the space, <laughs> which means you're not on the face." Right, right. So anyhow, he does it right, and he comes down. And he says, "I want an adjustment." And they go, what? He says, hey, I did a stunt. I want an adjustment. <laughs> so they go, oh, okay. So the first assistant comes over. And he says, well, what do you want, LQ? He says, what are you paying the other stuntmen? They tell him, well, okay, that's great. That's what I want. Oh, and give it to Bunker. Oh. So he gave it to me. How well, that's nice. That's the kind of guy he was. How nice. How yeah. nice. Oh, what yeah. a, a hero. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What else did, did you work with him on? Any other uh, No, projects? I wish I had because he's, he's, he's one of those guys you always admire his professionalism, his spot-on characterization. And, you know, he's he's like Struther Martin, you know. Uh, he's one of those guys that even if you don't remember him, you remember what he did. Yeah. You remember the, the, the things they did. In fact, if you got a second, there's a great story. Uh, LQ directed a picture called The Devil's Bedroom. This was a horror picture, modern day, uh, and LQ was the lead. And the thing, the storyline is LQ is this very respected businessman, but secretly he is the leader of a devil worship cult that sacrifices virgins. Okay. And, you know, here's, here's Struther playing smooth Struther. He gets into <laughs> the, the LQ. I mean, yeah, no, yes, uh, Struther. Oh, Struther is. Yeah, he, okay. he gets into he gets into the temple, you know, and they got the, and he goes berserk, bananas as only Struther can do. I mean, he's is <laughs> all over the. And it, I mean, the movie. I don't know. I don't like horror pictures, but I enjoyed Struther in it so much just because he was just so over the top. Todd, any uh, working uh, uh, dealings with um, L.Q. Jones uh, that you can recall that maybe your dad had? No, uh, none, but I will tell you that he's just somebody that, as Bunker said, you know, first of all, his face is so uh, undeniably, you know, you just remember it. And then that voice, 
is completely and utterly unregulated. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, whether he's in, uh, you know, uh, Ride the High Country or Major Dundee or The Wild Bunch, uh, uh, The Ballad of Cable Hogue and Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. And, you know, I love his understated performance in Casino with Robert Redford, uh, with uh, um, uh, Martin Scorsese. You know, he plays the game commissioner. and He was uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, and when the game commissioner... Uh, you know, he comes to him and he says, you know, I sure would, uh, uh, I, I sure would appreciate it if you'd help me with my nephew. You know, he needs a job. So reluctantly, uh, De Niro gives the nephew a job and, uh, uh, you know, he's just a moron, the nephew. He's just, he, he can't, he can't get out of his own way. And they let him go. And uh, it's right about that time that the approval for the his gaming license is about to come up for review and uh, he walks in there and he's got uh, Oscar Goldman, the attorney in Vegas as his attorney and uh, to represent him and all these other people there. And he's mounds, mounds and mounds of paperwork of documentation. What a great guy he is. And uh, Tommy Smothers plays the game, the head of the commission. And he goes, uh, 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 well, Your Honor, we're here and we have all our documentation. And he cuts him off and he says, uh, I know we don't need anything from you. Thank you. Um, we're ready to vote now. And they vote and deny him his, his license. So now, basically, his, his, his life in Vegas is over. Yeah. And uh, so LQ Jones is sitting on the other side in the front row, but on, on the other side of the aisle. And he's just sitting there with this smile on his face. He doesn't say a word, not one word. But the look he gives, uh, and it, it's not a look of hate. It's not a look of anger. It's this look to Robert De Niro with, you know, I told you that my I needed a little favor to help my nephew have a job, and you fired him. And look what it's all come to now. Hell no. Yep. And it's just, there's so much in those eyes. And that's just congruent on, on always when he worked. Always. How did he was just feel? a consummate, consummate character actor. You know, I don't want to do a spoiler, but he's also really the guy that's running Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's handing out the 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 gaming license. But he's, you don't you know you don't realize that until until he drops the hammer. Right. Well, and his character is you know his character uh, you hear it from all the mobsters in the movie in the first part when they're going out to Vegas was, oh, we're going to have a ball of a time in this town. These these uh, these Hit. guys are a bunch of uh, a moron cowboys, you know, and there he is kind of. On the surface, one of them, cowboy boots, a western snap-button shirt, you know, longer hair, wears a cowboy hat occasionally. Oh, and God. you're thinking, oh, he's one of these uh, hillbilly hicks. And uh, I'll tell you, he lays it, he, he you know, the old uh, story of the master swordsman and the student of, uh, you know, uh, the student gets really full of himself. And finally, one day after sparring, he says, look, you didn't. You didn't touch me once with your sword. And the master goes, just nod your head, son. And he nods his head, and his head goes rolling across the floor. And that's L.Q. Jones in this movie. He's so understated, so sly, 
but so, so devastatingly powerful. How did Justice Ellis McQueen Jr. get to be known as L.Q. Jones? Well, you know, that's a good story because uh, he, when he's in college, his roommate was Fess Parker. Really? Yeah, and Fess Parker had gone out to Hollywood, and he got cast in uh, Battle Cry. Okay. Now, L.Q., or Justice, is down in Nicaragua. He's got a ranch down there. And he's not doing too well. I don't know whether economics or whatever. He's not doing well. But during that time, Fess sends him the book, Battle Cry, Leon Urs's book. And he reads the book, and he goes, hey, you know what? That guy sounds just like me. <laughs> he gets, gets on a plane or a boat or a train. I don't know how he got up, but he gets up there, and he goes up, and, and Fess gets him an interview for the thing. And somehow or another, he talks him into casting him as this guy. Now, the character that he plays in Battle Cry is a character named L.Q. Jones. And he liked the name so much, he took it as his stage name. He never changed his name legally, but his professional name for the rest of his life was L.Q. Jones. Interesting. Very interesting. We're talking about the life and career of American actor L.Q. Jones, who passed away earlier this month. Uh, the ninth. Uh, the ninth of this month. He was, uh, golly, just a couple, uh, couple weeks shy of his 95th birthday. And uh, so uh, we're going to finish up here in a little bit. But first, we got to do our commercial break here on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. L.Q. Jones is the topic. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson. 520 Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. 
America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Out here, due process is a bullet. This is the Voices of the West. Me and my pony are free. Singing a song of the same. We never care where we be. We never work for a we're back on Emil Francis' Voices of, the <laughs> Voices of the West. Hey, don't make fun of Jimmy Blakely. <laughs> no, I love it. That's, okay. that's my kind of music. Harry Alexander, Burger to France, and Todd Roberts back with you. Our topic on Movie Saturday, uh, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch, is uh, L.Q. Jones. And during the break, uh, I, was, up I was mentioning to Bunker, Todd, that uh, L.Q. kind of reminds me of a Morgan Woodward character. What do you well, think? it's so funny you say that, especially the older he got with that white hair. Yeah. You know, um, he had a lot of Morgan Woodward in him, and he could play the bad guy so well. But, you know, he play, the, the, the thing that I always felt so fascinating about LQ is that his, he, took the, he, he didn't make the obvious choice when he played a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He took the other choice. Like, look at his... Uh, um, uh, choice in the Wild Bunch with Strother Martin playing Strother Martin's uh, partner TC, mm-hmm. and how often you hear this TC TC, yeah, right. and, and yeah. he's you know he's got this weird little crushed kind of derby uh-huh. and a linen frock coat and a little ponytail and his hair is pretty short but he's still got this little weird ponytail it's pre-man bun to the man bun for the metrosexuals <laughs> and he just and he's running around you know the two of them are running they're they're like a pair of it's very funny like magpies well, well the magpies are rats you know they're just everywhere they're all over the place you know that oh here oh look at this over here oh look at this over here oh look at this over here they kind of took on in a way the the technique that marlon brando you learned from Ilya kazan the great director which was he taught him how to adapt a animal to his character find an animal that was your character so uh which Ilya kazan it's debated on who learned it from who, whether Ila Kazan taught it to Robert Alda, Alan Alda's father, or Alan Alda taught it to him. But there's a play that Alda did, the senior Alda did in the 40s on Broadway where he played a gangster who wears all black. And he took on the character. His character was a black panther, the animal in the jungle. So now you look at Brando. Brando's, you know, Streetcar Named Desire, Stanley Kowalski's character, he took on the behavior of a chimpanzee, a male bull chimpanzee. In in the formula with George C. Scott, he took on the character of a bullfrog. He's bald and fat, and when you see him walk, he kind of wobbles side to side. Well, in The Wild Bunch, 
I feel that T- that Charlie Martin and L.Q. Jones, not the rest of the bad guy posse that is run by Robert Ryan, but those two by themselves, they remind me of rats mm-hmm. or magpies. <laughs> they never shut up. They never stop moving. And all they do is, is bicker with each other like a pair of little children. Yeah, yeah. And they're constantly running around and yelling at the other one. You know, hey, TC, 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 look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This, this one's got socks under his shoes. Hey, uh, you know, there's I'm going to steal his socks, too. There's a great thing, and they're a great piece of business they do when they're pick, they're picking the bones like the, like a magpie does. And uh, Struthers got to the body first, and he's going for the wallet. Yeah. Uh, and uh, LQ comes running over. And she, even though they're, they're, they're the best of buds, he doesn't want to share. Go. He goes. Get the boots. Get the boots. Get the boots. So he's yeah. down there getting the boots. My old brother's getting all the really good stuff. Yeah, like his watch and his wallet, his yeah. change and everything else. Yeah. How, yeah. How, and, and that's something that I, I, you know, it takes a brave actor to make the not to make the obvious choice to well, make you know, the other said, choice. He said one of the things that he said about playing villains is he says, you know, so many people play him either as psycho or evil or this and that he says I like to play him as they just like to kill there was nothing there was <laughs> right. nothing, you know there was no subtle subtlety there they would just right, kill, kill him you know yep. yeah and and you know in in uh, um, uh, um, Ride the High Country mm-hmm. you know he they're all a little nuts yeah. you know uh, Warren Oates and um, of course the gentleman from the Virginian and James and, Drury James Dury and the older guy who we don't John know if it's the brother or the father. John Anderson. Um, yeah, John Anderson. They're all nuts. And, and it would, like so many actors, it's natural to want to try to get, you know, do something that sets you apart from this group. But he he chooses the a different route. Again, here's the opposite choice. He chooses to blend himself into the group. He's, he doesn't try to stand out from them, stand apart from them, or get, you know, talk too loud, talk too mean, talk too, uh, with tone or whatever. He's more of a, we're kind of a working organism. He's the more of us, brother. we're a posse. Mm-hmm. How did he get connected up with uh, Peck and Paw? That's a good question. I That's know. a great question, and the unfortunately, uh, the only person, well, there are two people who are going to answer that for us. I'm not going to spoil the surprise, mm-hmm. but uh, you both know uh, two people that uh, one has already said they want to come back on the show and talk uh-huh. about a whole day of Peck and Paw, uh-huh. and the other one uh, is somebody that uh, we've been talking about for a while, so I'm close to uh, being able to connect with that individual. Well, you know, let's just, just run through this year for a second, you know, because he did five films with Peck and Paul, uh, starting in 62 with Ride to High Country, uh, Major Dundee in 65, Wild Bunch in 69, uh, Strother Martin, uh, Battle of Cable Hogue, Battle of Battle, Ballad of Cable Hogue, and then Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. But he also did a couple of uh, TV things early on with him, too. He did an ABC stage 67 episode called Noon Wine in, in November 66. And he did a Bob Hope Presents the Chrysler Theater episode, The Lady is My Wife, in February 67. And both directed by Peck and Paul. And, I mean, 
And it's funny, too, because he talks about you know, Beck and Paul being a genius, and then he also says, and he's an F-N idiot. Yeah, well, well I, mean, I think that, you know, it's so funny that. you say that, Bucker, because I've told this story on the show many times, but it's LQ's day on the show, so I'll tell that story, and we're talking about Peck and Paul. You know, he had a real warm spot in his, part, his heart for Sam Peck and Paul, and uh, he's standing outside the Peck and Paul's service, funeral service, and uh, he's staring up uh, straight up into the sky, and uh, uh, Jason Robards walks out. And he comes upon LQ, and he's standing there next to him, and he's looking up in the air, trying to see, what, what are you looking at, you know? And he, LQ says, uh, I, he might have said, you know, what are you looking at? And LQ says, I'm looking at that hawk. It's circling. Uh, uh, it's circling us here. And, you know, uh, I, uh, think, yeah. I, I think it's, it's Sam's spirit. Or maybe that's Sam, the guardian of Sam's spirit, take it to heaven. And, or something to that effect. And Jason Robart says, well, if you want to know it's Sam or not, stand here long enough. And if that bird takes a crap on you, you'll know it's Sam. If it doesn't, it's all bull, bullshit. Well, you know, I, I can't remember which one. It was either Noon Wine or The Lady Is My Wife. <clears throat> but... That was the first time that I know of that LQ worked with Papard as well. Not Papard, but Jason Robards. Mm-hmm. But here, now this is yeah. interesting because you're talking about uh, LQ was probably the, the go-to uh, Sam guy for interviews. I was telling Harry before the show, there's a, little, there's a little kind of documentary series called Passion and Poetry. And he did, like, uh, he did Passion and Paraphrase. Poetry, Peck and Paul, Antidotes, Passion and Poetry, Rodeo Time, Passion and Poetry, The Early Sam, Passion and Poetry, The Ballad of Sam, Peck and Paul, uh, and, and there's a whole bunch more. They're all, all basically videos, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently he, he kind of had a little Sam industry going on there. Interesting. I've also, I remember seeing LQ uh, frequently. On uh, Rob Word's Word on Word yeah. on Western yes. uh, program, yes. Uh, yes, it's like almost he's a co-host. <laughs> well, and he of course was also in several Gunsmokes. Yes, that, yes. You well, know, no. and he was on so many shows. But he, it was those days. You know, that's kind of where they both. That that's to answer your question. And I can't. I'm not going to bet the form on it. But I might venture to say to you that both that they might. Peck and Paul and LQ might have met on the set of uh, Gunsmoke because they both uh, worked on them, and so it, that could have where it started. But we'll have to uh, keep the suspense going and let well, one of our also, future guests talk about it. Okay. Also, uh, some thought that he may have crossed paths with uh, Sam when Sam was doing the Brian Keith series. The Westerner? The Westerner, yeah. yes, which is very possible as well. I mean, that's where Peckinpah got it, you know, cut his teeth. That's where he really, you know, figured it all out. Well, that's you know, he was directing Gunsmokes and, and writing a bunch of scripts before he even started directing. But I want to go back for just a second to Cheyenne, because uh, I got the list of the three episodes he did, in case anybody wants to try and uh, draw them up on the Internet. Uh Border Showdown, Jules Bird, 
and Mountain Fortress are the three episodes that he did. Well, and that that Border Showdown, that's the one I believe with Robert Wilkie, and that's where he introduces Cheyenne. Yeah. In the, yeah. He says, this, here's Cheyenne. Yeah. yeah. And they use that in the INS Peace Channel all the time <laughs> as an advertisement for the Cheyenne show. In uh, their commercials, advertising that, hey, you can tune in here and watch Cheyenne. And there's, you know, Cheyenne and... and and uh, they're on horses, and he's introducing them here. This this here is Cheyenne, which is so iconic because it, it's kind of like you're not thinking about as much about Clint Walker as you are that voice of of uh, of his. But I also love, uh, of course, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Buchanan rides alone with with uh, with um, um, Randolph Scott with LQ, mm-hmm. uh, where he plays a Texan. Young guy, Texan, very energetic, and you know he's working for the bad guys, and they they they're going to take uh, Randolph Scott out and shoot him. Uh, he and another guy, and at the last second, to just give you a big curveball, uh, the guy about to shoot Randolph Scott, a shot rings out, and he falls over, and he shoots his 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 saddle pal in the back, kills yeah. him. Yep. He walks up on him and says. You know, Charlie, I sure am sorrowful, feel bad about that. But I just couldn't let you shoot this fella here. You know, he He's ain't a, a bad Texan. fella. That's right. All right, we're talking uh, about the life and career of actor L.Q. Jones here on Movie Saturday. Streaming live to you from the uh, White Stallion Ranch. It is Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Tramp and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old best here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but blank henchman to pull off the job what to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was, 
and I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hinch without the proper hinches around you. And that's just a gentle hinch. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Rena henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Rena hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rena hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Dude, well, where you been? Oh, I've been hovering around the outskirts. Did you hear what they said about them three prisoners down in the jail? I hear you. I'm going down to have a talk with them fellas. Good. And I won't need anybody with me. I figured you would. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. <laughs> Harry Alexander, Booker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. And uh, it's our movie Saturday show. We're talking about American actor L. Hugh Jones. You probably wouldn't know him if we said Justice Ellis McQueen Jr. I would. Well, you would. That's only because you've done the research on oh, him. That's, that's true. That's my job. Well, yeah, it is. So uh, so that drop that you just heard there about uh, with Harry Carey and uh, George F. Hayes, not Gabby, but George Pre, F. Hayes. Pre-Gab. Yeah, Pre-Gabby. Uh, it's from Border Devils, 1932. Great movie, man. You saw that this Saturday. I saw it last night. Oh, last night. Last night, Border Devils. Harry Carey, you can find it on the YouTube. Find it. Watch it. It is really, really, really good. Two words. Harry Carey. You can't go wrong. That's what I'm saying, you know? Um, and, and Absolutely. Also, one more thing. We have been uh, tossing around the uh, the horseshoe here about uh, uh, doing a, uh, a henchman hall of fame or wall of shame. Yeah. I think it's a hall of fame is better than a wall of shame. I thought it was the hall of devious deeds. Hall of devious deeds, uh, whatever uh, it is. I think it needs to be the wall of pain. Wall of pain, too. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got a couple of names there. Oh, we'll have to, uh, our listeners will have to... Oh, let's put it to a vote to the listeners. Yeah, we'll we can do that. Wire, you know, we'll bombard Harry with emails. There you go. Hundreds right. of emails. Voices of the West at gmail.com. What do you think it ought to be called? In any event, what we're going to do here, LQ Jones is going to be our first inductee yes. into whatever we call this, the, uh, uh, the Henchman hall, the hall, hall. of. The Henchman Hall. Uh, we'll we'll just leave it at that for right now. Henchy's Hall. Henchy's Hall. But, uh, yeah, LQ gets our, our first nod in there. And hey. from time to time, we'll be uh, throwing in some other uh, baddies. You know, as long as we're talking about the honors, uh, I want to go into some of the things, uh, awards that he won. He won a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, 1976, for A Boy and His Dog as Director and Screenplay. Now, that's a science fiction award. That's his, Well, the Hugo... Hugo is like winning an Academy Award yeah, in science yeah, yeah, fiction, yeah. or a Golden Boot in Cowboys, yeah. which he also won one of those. He also uh, was nominated. Now, now for, go back to that movie one more time. There, Boy and His a Dog. Boy and His Dog. A very young Don Johnson appears yeah, in that. Extremely young Don Boy. Johnson. A very funny film. A great movie. A very dark film. Yeah. And has a great twist at the end. Yes. And here's an here's an well one thing. Uh, 
L Cube, besides directing it, plays a proprietor of a porn porn den. <laughs> but the neat thing is the dog in that actually had 41 cues that he could understand. Wow. He said they would do a shot with him. He said that dog was a better actor than most of the people <laughs> in the picture. Did he get scale? Yeah. Okay, now, moving on, though. Here's another one. He was nominated for the, and I never heard of this award, the Gold Derby Award for a Prairie Home Companion Ensemble Cast. That was just a nomination. And then, moving on into... Other things here, he that was a, this is again a sci-fi award, Nebula Award for best script nomination, 1976, and the Nebula and the Hugo. That is the platinum standard for awards mm-hmm. in science fiction mm-hmm. uh, writing. So, yeah. Dodd, put that in your well, spaceship and fly it. There, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I also. I love this portrayal. You know, there's so many times he's in films with, and you just they're throwaways. You don't even notice him, but his his presence is so uh, it's so conveyed. You know, his and he he has he he's one of my favorite examples of less is more. Is his portrayal as the lodge owner in the edge with Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. and Alec Baldwin. That's a good and, movie. Yeah, good film, dramatic, taut. Uh, a thriller, and you know, uh, basically in a nutshell, it's a, a wealthy, wealthy guy who takes his um, right-hand man um, and some of the other people that work for him on a kind of wilderness trip, but they're glamping, they're living in a gorgeous uh, up in Alaska, a gorgeous uh, cabin, which not a cabin, it's a beautiful, magnificent, huge, huge place. And L.Q. Jones is the owner, and you know, and he's he he lets him know from the beginning, but he doesn't say it in a side way. It's just kind of, you know. Uh, and Anthony Hopkins is a very very wealthy guy. He's got a very young, beautiful, much younger wife played mm-hmm. by Elle McPherson. And, and Alex um, Baldwin is Letchy. And Alex Baldwin is is his right hand man, and he's having an affair with. Uh, with his wife, yes, yeah, and uh, and and uh, so you got to see the film to understand and see how it all turns out. But when they get off the plane, LQ's there to meet him at the end of the dock. A seaplane lands, and he looks at him and he says, "Well, hi there, you know, Anthony Hopkins. Well, nice to meet you. You know, I'm so happy to be here." Blah blah. blah. He says something to. I don't know if he says it right then, but later in the film, he says, "You know, I see a lot of people like you guys come on up here." You think you're you're going to get up here and uh, kind of find yourself, you know? And uh, I think uh, I think you might find uh, that yourself is uh, is is really back at home or something to that effect. Which is, you city people think you're coming up here to get away from yourselves. You're only going to expose yourselves to yourselves even more than you than you ever have. I was and rooting for the Kodiak bear myself. <laughs> you what? I was rooting for the Kodiak bear myself. Well, the bear is a that's uh, that's uh, that's the bear um, that's Bart. Bart. Uh, he's fabulous. Yeah. He is one of the best trained bears. Uh, he was in the movie The Bear, uh, which uh, he was fabulous in, and he's he's acted all the time in films. It's a really well done film. Very taut. And LQ is just so understated. He's just excellent. He really you know, is. 
Speaking of bears, I worked with Bruno. You did? Yes, you know, Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean. Yes. And right. I never yes, come did. closer to my, in my life to having my head taken off, <laughs> not knowing it. They were, do, they were setting up a shot, you know, where uh, Roy Bean and, and the bear are arguing. Yeah. Because the bear has been licking li- the Lily Langty poster. And, you have, and you're standing in I'm for Newman. I'm standing in for Newman, right? And, <laughs> and uh, I think it was Don or Todd, I can't remember the... The bear handler, just bear. He he's standing behind me, right, and he kind of leans on me and kicks Bruno in the ribs. Uh-huh. And Bruno comes, his this big paw comes up, and it stops like inches from my head. Oh my! And I'm thinking, oh, this is part of the gag, right? <laughs> and and then so after he does that, and then he goes, well, I I guess that's okay. I wanted to see how he'd react. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just give it to the stunt man, man. It, it, it doesn't matter. He's a stunt man. Well, it's it's like Todd, the the, start, the story Todd turned earlier about the fencer. Yeah, you know, ro- yeah, wobble your head. Yeah, nod your head, son. Just nod your head. Just nod your head. You well, know, you know, he also was. You know, he also again more examples of him taking making the uh, the not ob- non obvious choice. You know, he was in a great film with called Winterhawk, which is a great yes. West, a great Indian film. Uh, and it's funny; a lot of people have seen it and and look at it as one of their favorite films. And a lot of other people have never seen it, um, but it's a tremendous film. Uh, well, that was that. Woody Strode, Denver Pyle, Leif Erikson's in it, and it's just a tremendous, oh. tremendous, tremendous film. Woody uh, Strode, Elisha Cook, Dennis Fimple, Elijah Cook, Arthur, Arthur Honeycutt, Honeycutt, Bud Davis, uh, and, and our Fimple. friend Al Fleming. He was in there doubling Erickson. And, and uh, uh, Don Wells. Yeah. From, uh, uh, of course, and of course, Michael Dante plays Winterhawk himself. Uh, Don Wells it's from. A, uh, Gilligan. Yeah, he was Gilligan's Gilligan. Island. He was That's Gates always an argument I had with the fellows on the school ground. You know, who would you choose, you know, uh, Mary, Mary Ann or Ginger? And often I chose uh, Mary Ann. Well, that's so. the better choice anyway. He did another well, yeah, she's one. She's a lot with, less expensive. There you go. He did know. another one with Charles Pierce, but I can't remember what the name of it was. Charles Pierce the Jr. was in it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know... And again, my uh, boy and his dog, another uh, 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 not obvious choice for him to write it, direct it, and be in it. Um, you know, and he would he would blend in the film so often that you never you don't remember him other time, and then other times you do remember him because he makes himself kind of out there, out front, and and be known. And that's talks about somebody. Who is it's knowing that it's all about the work? Is that is that the actor or is that the director giving those kinds of uh, directions, if you will, or well, is it the actor just knowing that this is how it should be? Sometimes it's both, and sometimes it's neither. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, uh, it depends on the director and how much he wants to be involved. You know, uh, I always love the story about. Uh, um, um, Ben Hur with uh, um, Stephen Boyd and and uh, Charlton Heston directed by William Wyler, um, and so prior to the film being started, before they go over to Rome, uh, uh, William Wyler calls Stephen Boyd and says, "We need to sit down and talk." And he thinks, you know, uh, Charlton Heston and some other people are going to be there, and he he shows up, and it's just the two of them. 
and uh, Heston and uh, William Wyler says, okay, Stephen, um, what I want out of you is I want you to act in the character of Masala as a scorned lover. That's your that's that's how you feel towards Charlton Heston's character Ben Hur, and he's like, uh, okay, well, uh, how do you mean? And he kind of goes into it a little more in depth, and he says, now here's the hard part: you can't tell Chuck. And he's like, what? He goes, no, you, this is strictly between you and I, and if you tell him, I won't admit that we ever had this conversation. And he's like, well, how? He goes, I'm telling you this for your motivation internally as your to develop your character. Yeah. Chuck has nothing to do with it. Right. He goes, he's in these scenes with me. How does he how does he not have anything to do with it? He goes, it's coming from inside you. Go find it. And I'm giving you the roadmap. The roadmap is you're a scorned lover. Or and directors. So often over this actors. comes out of certain directors. You know, some play lay back and let the actor find it. Uh, others, uh, like John Ford, told you what to do, and if you didn't do it, he berated you. You know, Hitchcock yep. was the exact opposite. Even recent said when she was making uh, a North by Northwest, you know, she went to Hitch and and said, you know, I need some help with this character. That I'm very conflicted with her behavior and her morals and this and that, and. Hitchcock looked at her and kind of shrugged and said, uh, uh, I think uh, I think you should go talk to the writer. Yeah, and go. she goes and talks to the writer, and the writer looks at her and goes, uh, I think you should go talk to Hitch. <laughs> so at that point, she said, I'm, I'm alone here. I'm going to have to go find it. And if you're a good enough actor, like L.Q. Jones was, he found, his, he found the character somewhere. He brought yeah, the through wardrobe or a prop or whatever maybe it's the person he's in most scenes with he finds the motivation there so right. it sometimes is easier than others you know, we got to do our final commercial break final here break. on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West our topic on movie Saturday the life and career of uh, LQ Jones we'll be back with much more after this Arizona the land of cattle copper and cowboys it's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed for your next vacation come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73 that would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. If you're going to allow rustlers free run of the range, you might as well quit ranching. Maybe you'd better just sign over your ranches to the rustlers. Sister Thomas Alina has gone white livered. More like a sheep town every day. This is the Voices of the West. I want to hear the wind blow over my campfire, brushing the smoke away. Roll in my blanket there by the campfire, waiting the break of day. We're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. And Johnny Bond there. i got to play some Johnny, man. Yeah, I love Johnny. Good stuff, good stuff. Open range uh, right on the heels of... This town's looking like a sheep town. Now, you can't have that stuff. Yeah, now. that smelling up. To, you know. Well, yeah, it's funny because you know, right after he did the Cheyennes, he did a couple of Annie Oakleys. He did one called uh, Dilemma at Diablo, playing a character named Ned Blaine, and then he did another one, The Robin Hood Kid, as Cal Upton. All right, and you know, this is one of the things I got to thinking. You know, he had some of the really interesting character names. I mean. You know, they were the kind of names that you that you hear on Gunsmoke all the time, you know. I mean, how many people would remain Festus or would even name their kid Festus? Well, if you're back from the hills, you do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Festus. Well, you know, you look at some of these names, uh, you know, he played Digger. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ozark. Uh, uh, um, he played uh, um, uh, Smitty Smith, as we said, uh Party Fleming in Love Me Tender, Jedediah Jed Boone in the Joseph Cotton Show, 
uh, you know, lazy heart ranch hand. Uh, you know, uh, he he wasn't he was there for the work and to make sure that you know he had enough confidence in himself. His uh, on in Warlock, he's uncredited, but the name of his character was Fen Jiggs. Uh, with uh, uh, Henry Fonda and Anthony Quinn, but he had enough confidence in himself and his abilities that he knew that his his work, his acting ability, would stay the test of time, and therefore he didn't have to run around, you know, uh, waving his arms in the background. Say, hey, look at me! You you gotta wonder with the names of some of those characters if he implored upon the writers to change the name of the character. Well, you know, I think I think sometimes it, it helps the actor. Uh, with the name, yeah, you know, like you know, you get on Gunsmoke with the names they give those guys, and you know, they, they've all got hog farmer names, mm-hmm. all those really mm-hmm. uh, squirrely. But you know, that's one of my big complaints about Gunsmoke is it always portrayed the buffalo hunters as low life, scummy things, and a, a handful of the great Western lawmen came out of buffalo hunters. Well, well, it's and, kind of a disservice to the Buffalo. And Bat Masterson. Masterson, Wyatt Earp. Uh, there's a whole slew of those guys. Whole cast of characters. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about uh, very shortly here uh, with the limited time that we've got oh, about uh, for L.Q. Jones? Well, you know, I, was just, I want to talk for a second about the Battle of Cable Hole. Okay. Because there's... Valid, a, not battle. I don't know. I don't want... That's why it's dyslexia. You know, that <laughs> retarded mind. Okay. But, uh, you know, the, the, again, this is a classic team-up of him and Struther who yes. betray their friendship with Cable Hogue, and they leave him stranded out there yep. in the middle of nowhere with nothing. And he finds water, and he, build, and he builds a little stage stuff, and he, he becomes successful, and now they want back in. Yep. And I love it that, they, you know, they, they go where the treasure is bid, and they dig, they got this big hole. And then the shot is rattlesnakes coming in there. Well, Peckinpah didn't tell him about that. <laughs> All the snakes had their mouths uh, uh, so shut, right? Yeah, yeah. When the snakes started falling in there, LQ was out of there like a jackrabbit, and Struther couldn't get out, and he's <laughs> screaming. And, and and Sam's running the camera the whole time. Yeah. The whole thing is in there. It's, you know, Struther wasn't acting. He was freaking out. Uh, the only good and snake. Sam's laughing his ass off. Yeah, I'm sure he was. The only good snake's a dead snake, in my opinion, but yeah. uh, that's okay. All right, uh, L.Q. Jones, I'm sorry that we've lost him. Uh, great actor. Wish he could still be here to keep a smi- uh, make us smile. Well, he'll always be with us as long as we have reruns. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I used to get in this argument with one of my acting teachers, Mr. Lamelli, and he'd say, uh, the only real acting... Todd, that's worth watching is on stage. You know, that's the only real acting that's worth. And, I, and I'd say, but Mr. Lamelli, uh, you know, what about Olivier and Brando and all named off a bunch of actors? Uh, they're all on film. And he said, I, and he kept going, yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, John Wilkes's brother, John Wilkes Booth's brother's not on film, and he's the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest actors who ever lived. He ran the New York Thespian Society. He was such a great actor. Uh-huh. And what about what about Barry Morris Hamlet? It was never on film. Uh-huh. And I said, so, Mr. Lamenti, what you're saying is is that um, they're only good while they're alive. So once they're dead, their work is is gone. 
And I said, that's why film's so great, because it's on film. Yes. Todd, you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to, immer- allowing to immerse yourself in the details here, and you're getting lost. <laughs> there you go. Well, All you're right. still lost. Speaking right. of lost, what are we doing yeah, next week, sure. Mr. DeFrance? Oh, we are doing Adolf Bandelier. And for those of you out there who don't know who he is, which was probably about almost all of you, he was the leading archaeologist, anthropologist of the Southwest in the early days, wrote the book, and he is probably the landmark guy for the Southwest. All right. That's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80 LQOs. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.